Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to find. And if I work tonight, I'm so tired tonight. I'll fall asleep when I'm up, when I'm Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here, wherever you get your podcasts, or Patreon a day early. My name is Kenny McIntosh and I'm joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you this, uh, you know, cosy Thursday, I guess, if you're wrapped up? Cold, if you're wrapped up, yeah, I am wrapped up. I've got my uh, fingerless gloves on, Kenny, which I wear. Got them from a climbing shop, the Tremendous, for your typing, they don't get in the way. So I'm, I'm prepared for the winter. I mean, the thing is, you know, you've, you've got to have your hands at the ready to be typing feverishly at a lot of points. So it's good to have nothing that's going to get in the way of that. Imagine you you would glo- full gloves on, try to type. Oh, well, yeah, I went to a climbing shop. They're tremendous. Like these, um, yeah, they're perfect. So, yeah, I'm doing good, Kenny. I'm doing very well. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm good. I can't complain. I'm uh, yeah, just plodding along. Um, yeah, everything is good. Um but yeah, looking forward to talking about some wrestling today. Obviously, we've got full gear coming up this weekend. I've got to say, I mean, look, I notice I don't want to just shit on AEW minute one into the podcast. But I will say, you know, just being really honest about it, this feels like one of the weaker builds of pay-per-views they've ever done, really. Um, it just doesn't feel like there's a lot of momentum going into it with a lot of the matches. But we'll, we'll, no. we'll run down the card shortly. But before we do... For going I'm sure pro- we'll run it down. Yeah, in more ways than one. <laughs> but, but let's go chronological. Obviously, the, the, the story that came out earlier this week was about Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, reports from PW Insider, Fightful, various different places that, w, that Triple H has basically said he wants Austin to do a match at WrestleMania 39. 
Austin's Austin is suddenly doing all these workout videos that he's sharing on his Instagram, which you know two plus two usually equals four. In these scenarios, uh, you know, I'm sure he's trying to get it out there how good shape he's in. Um, yeah. What do you what do you make of this in terms of? I mean, two questions: Do you want to see Austin do it again? And if you and if you do, who do you want to see it be? Because there is a few opponents that could be uh, that could give you that big uh, Austin WrestleMania match you want. Um, I mean, I think after the success of his comeback this year, I mean, it was inevitable that he would be asked to do another match and he got through it. It was a, I mean, it was, it could have been better, but it went down so well on the night that, you know, he didn't take too many risks. I don't think he was injured in any way. Um, So I think to me, it was bound to happen that he was going to be invited to do another match. And if he wants to do another match and there's a demand for it, and I think there is, then everyone's happy, Kenny. This is one of those rare scenarios, rare situations in life where everyone's happy. Well, maybe not everyone. Some people will be complaining about it. Oh, this old guy, he's taking a spot that should go to a younger person. See, that's the benefits of a two-night WrestleMania. And I've always said this, is that it means there's more time. Matches, you know, can breathe. Um, And it means that pretty much everyone who is going somewhere can still wrestle on the show, even if Steve Austin is added. So and we yeah, should I mean, I'm, up you. For, I'm up for it, Kenny. Yeah, absolutely. If he's up for it and the audience or most of the audience is up for it, then so am I. I mean, I was opposed to it, I think, before he made the comeback. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes you just gotta, <clears throat> you know, you've got to take the path of least resistance and and just go with what the majority wants. Well, it's funny because you know you mentioned about you know the the mania match last year could have been better cause it, you or this year could have been it could have been better because I think one of the things that and this is just from you know we couldn't you couldn't really see exactly what shape Austin was in at this year's WrestleMania but he he, he was in really good shape but he looks a lot trimmer uh, and a lot more kind of lean in the videos yeah. that we're seeing now which says to me that he I don't think he would have been happy with his performance this year. I don't think, even though it was, even though they raved about it, I think that he would have, you know, because there was points where he was quite slow, and he yeah. was quite, and it took a, a wee while to get going. Which you know, people sometimes don't want to admit or talk about. They want to just have the kind of rosy glasses. But I'm sure he noticed that, and it wouldn't surprise me that you know him, us, us seeing him in better shape as him kind of going right. If I'm going to do this again, I'm going to make sure I can go, and I'm going to make sure that there's not that you know there's not weight dragging me down. As opposed to before, but who would you, who would who who if you know who would you like to see him face? Is it a John Cena? Is it a <laughs> is it is it should should they get a should they be called no, not John Cena? Well, who so who who would you if you if if, if Big Paul called you and said Finn, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit stumped, but who Austin should face at WrestleMania? Who who we need your advice? We need your wisdom here. Yeah, who would you say? Um. I mean, really, obviously, Austin's going to be a, a baby face, so it needs to be a heel. Um, I mean, could it be Austin Theory? Could no. it be? No. I mean, it feels like it feels like if you're going to have Austin do it, it's, go, it's going to be a big match. Yeah, well, Maybe Austin not- Theory needs a win at WrestleMania next year. Yeah. I mean, absolutely, he needs a big win because at that point, 
I think he's going to be, they're going to be aiming him towards the top of the card. So not Austin Theory. Well, you can, which, which other heel contenders are there? I mean, you kind of have to eliminate Lesnar for the neck yes. issues. Um, it needs to be someone who can lose because Austin I, is not returning again to lose. He needs to win. So it needs to be a mid-level player. I mean, it, you know, you could argue if he's not IC champ, maybe Gunter is is is, no. is a shout. No, I don't want to see Gunter in there because it's a different type of match. The power bomb's a big part of his act, and we know there's no way that Steve Austin's taking a power bomb or any type of move like that. I mean, look, Finn. The more that you're talking, the more you're trying to say you're basically saying John Cena's style would benefit Steve Austin here because it's basically hugs. Kisses. <laughs> you know, Austin can do that for 20 minutes, no problem. I actually think that the, the ideal opponent would be Logan Paul if he can wrestle then. I mean, that would be enormous. We could bump Paul, around from. Yeah, but well, Paul would that would obviously have to turn heel. But I mean that there would go down tremendously. And I think Logan Paul would be ecstatic if that was suggested to him. I believe that. Has he proposed the idea of doing a match with John Cena? Oh my God! I was going to no, bring this up. John to you. Cena. <laughs> well, I mean, because this this begs the other question for because the other news is that uh, John Cena is probably going to be having a match at WrestleMania next year as well. Um, I mean, you you know, you and John have been in a slightly better relationship recently. You know, we have, we have. But what's the point of bringing of bringing Cena back? I mean, he put I mean, his reins over. I mean, that was a, a really good thing that he did at SummerSlam last year. And um, I mean, to me, that should have been that should be his last match. That's how we should remember Cena, like a really good match where you know he did the honors. He made reigns effectively in people's minds the top man, his successor. I mean. Cena, you know, to me, in many ways, that was Cena's best ever match and best ever performance because he gave so much to Reigns and WWE. Um, but, I mean, what's Cena going to do if he returns again? Maybe he can have another match with Bray Wyatt. What do you think? Oh, God. I mean, you know, Bray's an interesting... What's he going to do? Seriously, what is he going to do? If I mean, I know do? one of the rumoured matches, which I don't really want to see, and, I mean, I mean do, do I have slightly more goodwill towards Johnson than you do? Maybe, but that's... You know, that's low praise. Um, but I mean, I, one of the matches has been kind of bandied around is Cena and Gunter. And I just don't want to see that no. match because I oh. don't think Cena would be able to bring the realism that I think Gunter thrives on when he has his matches, which is why I think him and Lesnar, Gunter and Lesnar, would be a much better match. Precisely. I mean, Gunter versus, and then Cena would do a lot of comedy promos on him and it <laughs> would just be embarrassing. And Cena would no-sell everything he did, and maybe he would put him over in the end. But the match wouldn't be believable. It would be clunky. It would be disjointed. It would be everything Cena was, you know, except for in the Reigns match, where I've got to say, you know, the Reigns match, part of the reason that was so successful was Cena just allowed Reigns to call it. He allowed Reigns to do his style of match, and Cena just went along for the ride. And if it's Cena in charge of the match, and it's a Cena match... That's not going to work for Gunter, even if he flukes a victory. Now, maybe Austin Theory and Cena, maybe that can work. Yeah, but it's all going to depend on where. They have some history, don't they? Those two on social media. Yeah, I mean, it's all going to depend where Austin Theory is in January. 
that's going to be the key, isn't it? It's going to be, is he at a point in January where you're considering him for a high-profile WrestleMania match? Um, I mean, because if you look at it, if, if there's, say you've got Logan Paul wrestling, because he has said, I think he said yesterday in his podcast that he doesn't think his ACL is torn, which would mean he would be back in time, time for WrestleMania. <laughs> I mean, surely he knows by now. I mean, I think he can afford an MRI, can't he? Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd expect he could get that expedited with his, you know... Yeah, he's not on still... the NHS waiting list, is he? I mean, the no. MRI next June. I think Logan Paul's got enough money to go private, Finn. I um, think so. And he's in America anyway, so obviously he is private, isn't he? Yeah, he's... of course he is. But I mean, you know, if you've got Logan Paul, you've got Steve Austin, you've got John Cena, you've got Brock Lesnar, you've got potentially The Rock and Roman, you know, you've got a lot of stuff going on... Um, and you know, because then, so I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Austin Theory is built up by January to be in one of those bigger matches. I mean, I I do want to just throw the carrot out there because people are talking about it. Would Triple H get CM Punk back? Because one of the things that people don't talk about is that I think we mentioned this before is that Punk made overtures to WWE in 2019. You know, he was open to coming back. Yeah, in 2019. So he he's not going to be adverse, and also like. If you're CM Punk, and I know that you disagree with CM Punk's all-out stuff, but if you're CM Punk and you sort of just look at it from his perspective, he's going to see it as that the AEW experience in the end was a really bad experience for him. Yeah. And, and now everybody has basically made him public enemy number one, whether that's rightly or wrongly. Um, you know, last night on After Dynamite Off the Air, MJF cut a promo where he basically said that, you know... Uh, is a you know he basically kind of said he wants to get past the bullshit was his was his term of everything that happened. So if you're punk, maybe it's quite an attractive proposition to go to WWE and you know if they dangle the Steve Austin match to you, which you've wanted for forever. Yeah, um, <clears throat> Punk and Austin feels like a match that you could do because you know you know, I'm sure Austin could take the GTS. Punk's not really got any moves that would really harm Austin. I mean that Punk and Austin seems like it'd be a very big match if they can put it together. I agree, it would be, yeah, if they could put it together. And um, I mean, but does Tony does Tony can then basically say, "I'm not letting you get a buyout because I know exactly what you're going to go and do." Well, you know that could happen. I mean, that is a possibility. Um, So yeah, that could be the outcome of this if he if he gets wind that this is seriously happening and that Punk is genuinely considering a WWE comeback. Um, because this Austin match, which, as you say, is wanted ever since 2011, um, possibly earlier, um, is is something that's in the offing. And if he obtains a contract release, then it's going to be rubber stamped the next day. So potentially Tony Khan um, could block that. I mean, I don't know whether he would. I mean, if I was Tony Khan, I'd just reach this agreement as quickly as possible and just move on. That's what I would do. Um, I did note when the um, the announcement on Dynamite last night that the the Elite were returning, Omega and the Young Bucks, mm-hmm. for the match with Death Triangle at Full Gear this Saturday. Um, Omega and the, and the Young Bucks weren't there, by the way. There was just a graphic on the screen um, announcing or confirming this match. Um, I really think the response to the announcement of the return of the Elite was, wasn't exactly booming, Kenny. But there again, it was quite a sparse crowd last night. It wasn't a very large crowd on Dynamite. Yeah, so, Bridgeport, Connecticut. I think there was. I think it was about half full. Um, yeah. which you is, could you just know, hear the echo, couldn't you, in the arena? You know, you that sort of echo where you could just tell that there wasn't that many people in the venue. 
and they weren't really making that much noise for a lot of the content of the show, and understandably so. At least I haven't seen it all since the second half of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, It'll be interesting, though, because when, when, when the Elite come back, uh, you know, Omega in the Box, one of their big things and, and what their audience really like them for is their kind of inside humour on being the Elite and stuff. Yeah. And are they, are they going to start doing that again? Are they going to... Because, you know, if the Elite were not involved in this storyline, you know that being the Elite would have had all these skits with chairs getting thrown and all this kind of stuff because they wouldn't have been involved in it. But if they are, are they are they ever going to mention it as sort of jokes on their YouTube show or are they just not going to do the YouTube show anymore? So, and and you're oh, right. Yeah. I mean, the, the reaction last night wasn't, it was, it was okay, but it wasn't, you know. It wasn't booming, was it? And we haven't, I mean, what is it, two and a half, nearly two and a half months since they've appeared in AEW. So it wasn't exactly a hero's welcome, was it? No. I mean, I think they'll get a good reaction on Saturday, but not... They didn't get it last night. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, with, with Austin, I think, I mean, I'm not really sure. I mean, I think I think Cena versus Austin Theory, I like the sound of that. I think that match can work as, at WrestleMania. And if Cena is returning with the same attitude um, that he came back with last year, when he, you know, with the whole purpose, the objective of which was to put Roman Reigns over, if he is coming back in 2023 for the purpose of putting Austin Theory, Theory over, then I can endorse that. I mean, I don't particularly want to see him return, but I can see value in that. But I mean, as far as Austin, I'm not quite sure who he's going to wrestle, but it needs to be a mid-level or upper mid-level heel who can take the loss. Otherwise, you know, what's the point of bringing Austin back? Um, So yeah, I'm not really sure. Maybe an LA Knight. I don't know. Maybe it's LA. I mean, LA Knight could certainly go toe-to-toe with Austin on the mic. And that'd be a huge match for him. So yeah. maybe LA Knight? I don't I don't know. Because, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with Knight and Bray Wyatt. Well, actually, we've got a good idea. <laughs> Wyatt's not losing that feud. But I think Knight is someone who's talented enough that he can get himself over again after a loss to Wyatt. So maybe LA Knight? That's yeah, a, could be. That's a possibility. It's funny because I, I was on, we were on, I was I was at the airport on Monday, <clears throat> flying back from London, and we got delayed by like three hours. So we're just kind of and uh, we're just kind of sitting around. And Steve Gunn, uh, my other half, said to me, "Oh, let's play a game. I'll name uh, a WWE wrestler, and you try and figure out who you think they'll they'll face at WrestleMania." And he was rhyming off all these people, and I was kind of giving who I think could be options. And then he said Bray Wyatt, and I just went blank. I was like, who is Bray Wyatt going to face at WrestleMania? And you just have no idea at this point, because again, we've still not seen what it's going to look like. No. Um, and then who, you know, who fits with that kind of vibe at WrestleMania? It's 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 very bizarre to me that he's such a big name and he's so popular, but we it's very hard to kind of think about him in like a, a WrestleMania type scenario at the moment, because what do you do? <laughs> it, it, it is because... You know, we're all we've got this, you know, anxiety over that over <laughs> this comeback match. How is it going to play out? What's he going to do? And we're all still, you know, recovering from his matches as the fiend, most of which weren't very good, some of which were disastrous. So <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot to prove in this match with Knight. And I think that's a real, you know, testament to their belief in Knight that they're booking presumably going to be booking Knight against Wyatt in Wyatt's comeback match on TV. So, so yeah, maybe Knight could be the guy that Austin faces. I don't know. But, I mean, yeah, CM Punk, 
Yeah, I think that could be interesting as well. And it does seem inconceivable that he would return to WWE after everything that happened in 2014 and everything that has been said. But there again, it's been such an extraordinary year. You know, who could have predicted what would have happened after full, after all out, you know, and, and that he would now be in this, you know, this position of being like, to some a hero and to others a pariah because of what he did at the all out media scrum. So it, yeah, it's very, uh, it's unpredictable, Kenny. So, uh, and in some ways that's quite exciting. Uh, well, listen, let's move on to uh, full gear this coming Saturday. I'm just going to go through the card and we'll kind of say who we think is maybe going to win the matches, any, any sort of summary thoughts. So um, the team of Wardlow and Samoa Joe, thank God is over. Um, so Wardlow is going to be defending his AWTNT title against Samoa Joe and Powerhouse Hobbs. Is this Wardlow's night? And they, you know, it's almost like Wardlow. Wardlow's a, a, a kind of like gas lighter that you've got, and you're like, try, you know, get it working again. <laughs> the power is low. You know, you That's it, yeah. That's that. Like my Zippo's run out of fuel. Where am I going to get some from? You know, it's, it's just, I oh know my flint's gone now. Did you ever have a Zippo lighter, Kenny? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were great, weren't they, when they worked? And when they didn't work, it's like, people just, it's like running a car, isn't it? <laughs> but um, um, Wardlow, Samoa Joe, Powerhouse Hobbs, who you got for this one? I would think Wardlow is going to win. But I mean, who can say? I mean, why is Powerhouse Hobbs? In this program, when Ricky Starks defeated him in the last match of their feud, should it not be Starks who's challenging Wardlow for the title? And why is Samoa joined this match when he's already a champion and he's on the final battle poster? I mean, that heel turn by Joe came from out of nowhere, didn't it? I know, but I, I was too happy about it to care. I was just like, thank God, get break them up. I mean, but it I, it feels to me like they thought Wardlow and Samoa Joe as a singles match, nobody's really going to care because no. Joe's kind of, you know, past it as being polite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you'll put Paris Hobbs in there again. I mean, I'm more interested in seeing Wardlow and Hobbs in a one-on-one and something built rather yeah. than Joe. But yeah, I think Wardlow's, Wardlow's winning this too. And- I would think so, but I, I mean, I just don't care. Uh, Death Triangle and the Elite, I mean, I cannot imagine a scenario where the Elite are not walking away with these trios titles. I would be amazed. I mean, wouldn't it be just hilarious if Omega and the Bucks were to win and then they were to be booed out of the building? <laughs> <laughs> oh, please oh. let that happen. Please let that happen. Uh, yeah, they're, they're going to win. Of course they're going to win. There's, there's yeah. just uh, Luchasaurus could take on Jungle Boy in a steel cage match. Um, I mean, it's I, I in my mind I had to go. What, what happened recently with with uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy? And I can't really, th- I can't really remember. Like it's just kind of gone out my my head. Yeah, yeah. Um, Perry were, uh, returned a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? In in a match, and then nailed Luchasaurus with a uh, crossbody. Off the stage onto padding at ringside. It's actually a really pretty amazing spot. Actually, it looked tremendous. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I laid out a scenario for Jungle Boy in the last edition of what else is going down, of what I want to happen, which is I actually want Jack Perry to turn heel because I think he's done all he can as a face. Mm-hmm. His character's going nowhere. I mean, I'm assuming he's going to beat Luchasaurus because he needs revenge. If he loses this match, He's finished. It's over. But to me, 
for Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, he just needs to turn heel. He needs to uh, reconcile with Christian. And I just think there's a lot they can do with him as a bad guy. And as a baby face, I just don't see any further growth for him. Um, but we'll see what happens. But if that doesn't happen, if he remains a face, then Jack Perry's presumably going to win this match. Because if he doesn't, as I said, he's going to look like a total loser, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it feels it feels like it's got to be Jungle Boy's night. I mean, it also means that he can win by I can't remember in in, in AEW. Can you escape the cage, or do you have to beat them in the cage? I think there are rules you have to beat them in the cage. Yeah, I think so. I think so. See, so. uh, so yeah, it's gonna it'll be a decisive one if he gets one. Also, I think Jungle Boy's got more upside than Luchasaurus does, so it makes sense. Um, I mean, who who knew we were, we were going to be talking about this as a match? In November 2022, Sting and Darby Allen against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. One half of the main event of uh, Ric Flair's last match uh, against, uh, you know, Sting and Darby, a pretty over team. But I, yeah. I think this is going to be one of the better matches on the show. Yeah, it could well be. Could well be. I mean, I think this will exceed expectations. Um, I mean, surely Darby and Sting are going to exact vengeance after the beatdown that Jarrett inflicted upon Derby with the guitar. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I mean, there again, if Jarrett loses, then people were saying, well, what's he going to do next? You know, he can't really be pushed as a serious entity if he's losing. Well, it will actually be his first AEW match. One, he hasn't wrestled for AEW yet. Nope. So I don't know. Is, is this a stipulation match? Is this a street fight or is it just a straight match? I think match? it's just a straight up tag match. I mean, Jay Lethal could be the fall guy because obviously that's kind of his role in this. Yeah. I guess. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, to me, I think Sting and Darby are probably going to win by getting the pin on Lethal and then Jarrett maybe, I don't know, has to regroup and find some better invaders. Maybe yeah. Call some Global Force pals. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, that would be gold, wouldn't it? That storyline. <laughs> uh, we've got Saray and Britt Baker. Saray did say uh, in an interview with Renee Paquette um, on Renee's podcast that she feels that she's going to be under a microscope this weekend and that, you know, people are really going to give her a hard time. I saw Lance Storm retweeting it say, saying, you know, some people are going to think that you've done amazing. Some people are going to think you've done terrible. That's just kind of the nature of what it is. Um, what's your prediction for this one? And do you think that she can do enough in the match to squash the, the idea that she's maybe not got it anymore? I mean, I hope so. I mean, it's been nearly five years since she wrestled. Um, I mean, presumably, Tony's paying her a lot of money. I mean, this is a big match for us, a lot of pressure. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I'm ho I hope the match is a success. Um, to me, it's a shame that it's not for a title and that there's not more stakes or something you know to buy for um i don't really feel like they built it up very well um but yeah i wish them luck i hope that i hope the match is a success on the night um i think it'll be i think if i think if it falls apart and i think if it's a, a poor or a mediocre match i think it'll be a real blow to soraya's confidence so um yeah i'm wishing them all the best on saturday saturday kenny not sunday saturday, saturday. Yeah, John Moxley got that wrong as well. Um, 
They do. I mean, to be fair to AEW, you know, they got a lot of criticism at the women's division, but they do have three women's matches on this show that are all kind of, you know, there, there is a bit of a story to each of them. So at least it's on the upward trend. Jade Cargill is going to defend the TBS title against Nyla Rose. Is Nyla Rose going to be the one to dethrone Jade? Do you think? No. No, she isn't. Does Nyla Rose still have her title belt? Yes, as far as I'm aware. How was this dragged on for this many weeks? I know, where did the security? You'd be going to Tony Khan, go, you know, go to the police. She's got I mean, my belt. There's just no discipline in this company. That's the problem, Ken. <laughs> um, Nyla Rose, she just chucked it in the river like Austin did to rock. Oh, yeah, well, that's it. I attempted to throw it in the bin like Nikki Cross did with the 24-7 title belt. I mean, hopefully Nyla can make the bin. Uh, unlike Nikki. Uh, yeah, I think Jade, I think Jade's, Jade's the one here that's going to get the win. Uh, then we've got the four-way for the ROH title with Jericho defending against Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara, Claudio Castagnoli, and Brian Danielson. Um, I mean, I feel like this could be a title change, but I don't really know. I mean, I mean, would they put it in Danielson and he's on final battle? Um, it just feels like if, if Jericho beats everyone here, which I'm not saying he wouldn't win here, I mean, I don't really know who else is who else there is for Jericho to face. Well, exactly. And the thing is, they've already done that Jericho and Sammy fallout ruse, haven't they? That's yeah, been yeah, done previously. So I'm not sure if they can revisit that. And if they do, how much interest there would be in it. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I suppose, I mean, Danielson, I mean, he did beat uh, Guevara in the best of three last week. Um so you could say, well, he can take another loss here. I'm not really sure what Claudio's role is in anything anymore. He just seems like a you know a bystander, like a filler player. Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, when's this? Is this TV show going to start early next year? And if it does, will Jericho? Will they want Jericho to be champ when that launches? Um, I don't know really. I don't know who's going to win this one. Um, and unfortunately, I'm not really that bothered, Kenny. Because <laughs> it um, doesn't—it really doesn't matter. It's another title belt, you know. That this company doesn't need, you know. There's just so many title belts. Yeah, there's lots of belts. I mean, I think in some ways I don't want Danielson to win it because I—I I would rather he did something else. But I could see Daniel. I think Danielson is the most likely if the title's going to change hands. Yeah, I, I would I say. If you're doing final battle and you want someone on that poster, if it's not Jericho Danielson's the only other one I could see you doing that would you know maybe shift a ticket. Um, Tony Storm, the interim champion, is going to face Jamie Hayter. Please, for the love of God, I, I, whether you believe in God or not, let's just believe for this purpose that hopefully Jamie Hayter can take the belt off this absolute lamppost of charisma. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, I mean that match with Anna Jay last night between Tony it was just another flat match from Tony, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Like everything's just so you know desperately have, dull. Do you know who she reminds me of? She reminds me of a bit like of Carrion Cross because before Carrion Cross came to NXT or WWE, I hadn't seen him before really because I didn't really watch Impact. And then Tony Storm before she got to WWE, I hadn't really seen her before, and both of them came with this sort of rep. That people yeah, say yeah. they were really good, you know, and they're really and it's like Tony Storm more I mean, probably more than Cross, to be honest, because Cross, you know, really has only been around for about a year if you take in all of his WWE runs together. And I mean it has been a total flop, so I'm not defending him. 
But Storm has been around for a long time now in WWE, in NXT UK, in NXT, yeah. in AEW. And it's like, you can only sort of blame the booking for so long before you kind of say, well, are you just not bringing it personality-wise? Or, or, or in any other department. I mean, a match is just a not interesting. I mean, she just does the same routine. It's not an interesting routine. You know, it doesn't, the audience are, are never mesmerized by her or her matches. And I just, I, to me, she's just so overrated. I mean, I don't overrate her and you don't either. I mean, I can't believe anyone overrates her anymore, in all honesty. But yeah, surely it's Jamie Hater's night. I mean, she feels like she's one of the few women in AEW's uh, women's division that feels like she's going somewhere and can be a bigger star in three months than she is today. I can't say that about many other people in the women's division in AEW, but Jamie Hayter feels like she can be a somebody in this division. She can make a difference. Yeah. And maybe they can revisit that Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker, you know, breakup storyline that they teased and then they rode back on. And I think as a baby face, and, you know, we hear as well, don't we, Kenny, that um, we learned last night on Dynamite that AEW is coming to London in 2023. London, England. They are. They're coming over to our neck of the woods. So Jamie Hayter as women's champion. I mean, I know it's interim. And what's happened to Thunder Rosa? I mean, she, the, they never mentioned her. And the, so the latest is apparently she's going to be back before the next pay-per-view. But uh, so she'll probably be back in the new year. Right. Well, that's that's February, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, she, so maybe she'll be back in January or something. So. I mean, but who's, you know, champion at the bit for that? I mean, she, <laughs> she just hasn't made it either in AEW as a star. So, I mean, the idea of a Jamie Hayter to Thunder Rosa unification match doesn't fill me with glee. So, well, you know, hopefully you do, you do that one on TV, you get it straight out of the way and then build to Jamie and Brett, surely. That's um, the... Yes. Yes, I think so. And do the split, do the turn proper. But yeah, please, you know, Jamie Hayter, she's somebody who I think can can make a difference in this women's division and they need somebody who can make a difference. And so we will Jamie know Hayter all the way. We will know because what the, the, the best thing that Tony Storm does for me is whenever she's about to lose a match, she shows you it in her face when she ent- enters. <laughs> so if Tony if Tony doesn't give you her, like, I'm really happy to be here face when she comes that million, out. That million dollar smile, right? Yeah, million dollar smile. Then you know what's coming and you can rejoice. <laughs> um, Ethan Page is in the final of the Eliminator Tournament. He's going to be facing either Ricky Starks, Lance Archer, or Brian Cage. Because Lance Archer and Ricky... I'm not, not too sure how this is working, actually. Because Starks and Archer are going to be facing off on, Dynamite, on Rampage tomorrow. Yeah, the winner of that is Starks and Cage, and I don't know if they're doing that on Rampage as well, or if that's going to be like the pre-show or something. Maybe they do it at the pre-show, and you know, Starks gets by Cage, and then he's kind of got injuries, and that's how Ethan Page can beat him. That's what I imagine is going to happen. I mean, why is it so complicated? I know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and, and huge. I mean, well, we know, you know, bumbling Tony. I mean, the lineup of of characters in this tournament has been extremely underwhelming i mean ethan page i mean these matches the eddie kingston match i mean just didn't get going the bandido match bandido looked so much more exhilarating as a performer and there was more support for him i know he's a baby face and page is heel but 
felt like Bandido was more over than Page was. And it seems inevitable that Page is going to win the tournament and then he's going to face MJF at Winter is Coming. But this is not exactly a blockbuster first title defense for MJF, is it? No. And, it's, and you know, it, the thing with Ethan Page is I feel bad in a sense that I think that the idea has always been to give Ethan Page a bit of a push. Yeah. But because he's been around for so long now and so many other people have come in, it's kind of like the time has passed for that. And, you know, I mean, that is, it's rare that I'm going to advocate for a wrestler over character. But, you know, Bandido has just come in. Have him win it. Have him win it and then, you know, have him face MJF or Mox. Well, as soon as MJF. But, you know, have Bandido go straight to Winter is Coming and give him a big match. And, you know, if he has a good showing, that's going to do, do more for him. I just don't think if Ethan Page wins this tournament and he goes on to face MJF at Winter is Coming, I don't think a month after Winter is Coming that we'll look back and go, Ethan Page winning that tournament and getting that title shot really propelled him to anything. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to say that. We're just not. And he needs to, I mean, again, you're right, Ethan Page has just been flat. He's meandered. I mean, he's been there, what is it? It's got to be 18 months in yeah. AEW, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's had a, his, his career has just been rudderless at times. And they've decided now we're going to push this guy. And he just he just feels like he's had all the, you know, the energy and the drive crushed from him. Just squashed. Just like, he just doesn't feel like somebody who believes in himself anymore. And um, I think it's hard to regain your self-confidence when you feel like your career is going nowhere, even when you now know that your career is going somewhere. Because, I mean, who really believes that Paige is going to win the title? I mean, I can't imagine anyone does. So, anyway. Uh, right. It looks like it's going to be Paige, but I mean, I mean, you know, Ricky Starks, it's like he's a guy that's he's had this stop start run and it's felt at times like he's really making progress. And then he just, you know, he just peters out and he just I mean, like the match with uh, with Hobbs all all at all out was a huge setback for him, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, Starks, Starks has got that thing that Wardlow has as well. that You can't really teach, which is being cool. You know, just looking and, and coming across cool. And if you have people who are like that, you should really capitalize on it because a lot of wrestlers are not cool. No. <laughs> like, I mean, Sammy Guevara desperately tries to be cool, um, but he's not. So, um, yeah, I mean, Ricky starts as someone who I think if he was to win the tournament and then face MJF and then he couldn't quite get it done, I think he would actually gain way more out of it than Paige. But, you know, look, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe Big Tony's going to call an audible. And put Starks in it instead. If he does, good call. But uh, I think Paige, unfortunately, is the choice. I think so as well. Um, they claim they're facing Swerve in their glory for the tag team titles. I mean, they claim they've got to retain the titles here on on route to an FTR match. You'd imagine. You would think so, and presumably Lee and Swerve will do the big split afterwards. Yeah. I mean, what the hell is Lee doing teaming with Swerve after Swerve and someone else? kidnapped Billy Gunn and then broke his fingers with pliers. I mean, someone call the cops. <laughs> Again, discipline in AEW, it's a problem, Kenny. We know this. We know yeah. this is discipline's a problem backstage and on screen. But was that one of the most absurd angles? That was straight out of the Vince Russo book of, of like, just preposterousness. I mean, I did, I, I did like the idea of breaking Billy Gunn's fingers so he can't scissor. 
But at the same time, if you're going to do that angle, and then you're also telling the story of Keith Lee is like reluctant about Swerve's, you know, naughty habits. His methods. Yeah, then, then you kind of have to follow up with like, well, why is Keith Lee sticking around? Why is he, you know, because we're in, on the retro timeline, Sandra and I are watching Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit, and the rule is that they have to be a team. And yeah. if they don't, they'll get fined or whatever. So like, if you had something there where like Keith Lee and Swerve, you know, I don't know how you do it, but you figure it away, but it's like they have to be a team for a certain amount of time. And then Keith Lee's reluctant to stay with them. Then, you know, then you're building a bit of a story about people getting behind Keith Lee. Um, but yeah, I think the split with them is coming. And I, I don't think Keith Lee and Swerve are going to make it to the next pay-per-view for their feud. I think that'll be a TV no, I don't, I don't, But you just wouldn't book the angle in which Swerve would kidnap Billy Gunn, <laughs> right? And then commit grievous bodily harm on him. <laughs> with a pair of large pliers or whatever the hell it was they used, he used. And you just wouldn't book that. And then Billy Gunn came out the next week with his hands comically bandaged. <laughs> and instead of it being a super, super heat, heelish, nasty attack, it was just like a comedy spot. Um, but the acclaimed will get there. Yeah, the acclaimed are going to win. Of course they are. Uh, Moxley and MJF is the title match uh, the main event, um, you know, I mean, MJF seems to be the favourite here. I mean, Moxley also just feels like he needs a wee holiday. Yeah. Um, you know, the, guy, the, the guy's put in a real shift this year with AEW. He's supposed to have some time off after all out. He's yeah. to stick around. Um, I mean, it feels like a foregone conclusion that it's MJF, right? Yeah, I think, uh, I think so. I mean, I, I guess the real question is, does William Regal go with MJF? Does he split from John Moxley and side with MGF after the match? I think he does. Mainly because I just don't think that the the Blackpool Combat Club, I, th- I don't think they fleshed out, I've said this before, I don't think they fleshed out what that uh, crew was going to be. And I think at this point, I just don't, I think if, if Regal sticks around with them, I think it's more interesting to have Regal kind of, you know, pulling the strings of MGF a bit. And then, you know, you can do the inevitable MJF is sick of Regal and knocks him out and he's on his own. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. There was actually a, a like a, a quite an interesting glance that because they had the, the promo battle on um, Dynamite last night and Moxley had basically belittled MJF and said he's a kid playing a wrestler. He's dripping with insecurity. And then MJF came out and beat up the firm um, and then they talked up the match. I mean, it was strange, really, because Moxley, who I believe is still a babyface, he was booed for the things that he said about MJF, just not taking him seriously. MJF, who we think is a babyface, I don't think this is a ruse. I think this is for keeps. I think he really has turned. So people were siding with MJF. And Regal was there watching in the background and, um, you know, he's, you know, has these very animated expressions. But he seemed impressed by MGF's fire on the mic, his passion, you know, the ferocity that he brought to his speech. So I think Regal's, yeah, going to split from Moxley, then Moxley can leave and then Regal can become MGF's advisor for a while. So I think that would be quite an interesting way to end it. But yeah, it feels like it's MGF has to win. You know, he has to win this match at full gear on Saturday, Kenny. 
Yeah, and I'm actually quite excited about the pairing of uh, MGF and Regal. I think that could be pretty good. And I mean, you could even do, you know, obviously not straight away, but, you know, maybe Brian Danielson and MGF could be the pay-per-view match in February. You know, if, if Danielson's got the history with Regal, Regal used to be in the Blackpool Combat Club with them. You know, that gives Danielson something to do, maybe. But, um, yeah, there's there's ways to go. I think Claudio and MGF could be a good TV feud as well. Um to kind of play off all the stuff with with uh, Regal, but um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see I, I think there's some mileage in that. Yeah, I think there is. So, um, um, I mean, you know, after after MGF and Ethan Page, MGF is going to need some good opposition. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Ultimate Warriors opponents when he was champion after WrestleMania 6. Exactly. Mr. Rick Rude, who'd both been smashed by Hogan. <laughs> Anyway, well, listen, that's all the time we've got for today. Uh, obviously, we'll be back next week with what's going down, but we will cover the fallout from Full Gear. We'll, by that point, no doubt have the full War Games teams for Survivor Series to, to talk about as well. So plenty going on to uh, to take us away from the fact that it's quite cold outside. So Sure is. I'm, I'm just hoping, Kenny, for a big announcement, either this Friday on SmackDown or on Monday on Raw with a, a Becky Lynch or maybe a Sasha Banks return. I mean, yeah. this War Games match needs an injection of star power. Yeah, they need somebody. They need they need a decent name. It needs to be somebody uh, who's going to get people talking, which seems like Becky or Sasha are the only two that are going to make that. Well, maybe Charlotte. I mean, that's the only other person. I think it's going to be one of those three. Yeah. Can't, can't think of anybody else. Anyway, uh, I want to thank you for all your support. Patreon is the best way that you can directly support us. I always say it, but it really is true. It helps us keep doing these podcasts all the time. Patreon.com forward slash Inside the Ropes. Even if you don't have time to listen to the podcast, the support over there allows us to keep doing the couple of free podcasts that we do every single week. Um, And we also have bonus content. We're actually reviewing Survivor Series 2002 this weekend. So that'll be up there. Um, Finn does a What Else Is Going Down column every month, which is exclusive to Patreon. You don't see it anywhere else. Um, that will be going up next week. The next week. There we go. Constant stuff. And you know, the good thing about What Else Is Going Down is by that point, you know, Finn's like, that, that's it. I've had enough. I'm going to say what I want to say about this thing. And then you <laughs> and then you get, you get, you sometimes you get some of that good snark that you don't quite get in the magazine. So it's always one to look out for. Um, but yeah, so hopefully you check that out. And InsideTheRopesMagazine.com is where you can pre-order issue 27 with Jim Cornette on the cover. That big explosive interview, big six-page interview um, that I'm sure people will uh, be talking about afterwards. I hope so. I hope so. But uh, yeah, that's out in the week today, isn't it, in yeah. shops, Kenny? It's funny because uh, somebody had uh, somebody had tweeted about the, we, we tweeted the mag cover out. Somebody had said, "Oh, you know, there's Cornet trying to stay relevant again. Nobody cares." And uh, and I, I retweeted him and said, "The the Cornet issue of the magazine is the most pre-ordered issue of the year <laughs> over Punk, Moxley, Roman, and everybody else." So, you know, I think that kind of tells you. Yeah. Maybe there's more people interested than than some might think, Finn, to hear what... Yeah, well, I'm pleased about that. I'm pleased about that, Ken. Um, so, yeah, listen, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, but check it out. I've, I've already uh, read it myself. It is an absolute belter, so please do go check that out inside the Um So, yeah, we, uh, we will talk to you next week. We hope you have a good weekend. Enjoy full gear, and we'll talk to you soon.
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.